Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. And um, what about so, so the other thing I've been thinking about uh, a lot lately, Tim, is, is, you know, like bundling, right? Like in the, in the, in the new world order, <laughs> as, as I'm calling it, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that, you know, your product right now standalone might not be super, uh, you know, useful, but maybe if you bundle it with something else that people are going to use a lot, you know, whether, and bundling, I mean, like not, you know, something that's very closely re- related to your products. Um, you know, that's something I've been thinking about too. I mean, is that something that you see in retail or do people just sell their stuff, you know, as is and focus on the one SKU or few SKUs? Yeah, bundling doesn't work as well in, in retail for a couple of reasons. One, you don't have a, enough copy to really sell the bundle uh, and, and the value of the, of the bundle. People a lot of times don't get it and there's not enough room on the package to really create that whole story about why I'm bundling these products together. So there's a little bit of an education gap that you can really dive down, you know, take a deep dive into on Amazon. You got your extended content and and all that stuff that you can talk about it, but in retail, not, not as much, not only that, but in a bundle, a lot of products are somewhat hidden. And so it's hard to really see what's in there. And, you know, I might want to rip that package open and pull stuff out. Whereas online, this is what you get. This is what you get. This is what you get. So I think bundling works a lot better on on online that it does in in regular in brick and mortar retail except for maybe costco but costco doesn't necessarily want to bundle different products they just want to sell more of that same product so you might have um three of the same item in a package or four of the same item you don't want to uh, the other thing too is you don't want to kill sales because somebody doesn't want something in the bundle that makes sense um so to get into to big box, you know, you have to be able to sell your product, pitch it. Um, you know, how would you uh, pitch it to buyers and how would you pitch it virtually via like a web conference since that's kind of what we're used to right now? I'm so glad that you asked that question. Uh, actually, yeah. So I was thinking uh, as, as everybody started to go home and go online, you know, I've been, my business has been around, like I said, 11 years. I've been pitching my products and services via video conference for 11 years before Zoom was even invented. And over that time, I figured out what works virtually and what doesn't work. Like right now, you're doing a couple of things, right? So you're checking your screens, you're doing this. I can see your eyes are looking down, you're checking comments and stuff like that. If you were a buyer, I would lose focus now and I would struggle to sell you because I know that you're not focused on me. And this is where people will literally fall down in a video pitch situation. And so I just created a course. Uh, it's only 39 bucks. It goes on pre-sale tomorrow on how to pitch your products via video conference. Cause there are some key differences. Like one is validation in a video pitch. It's more important two or three times to, during that pitch to validate with the, with the person you're talking to, to make sure. So I might say, you know, Andy, does that make sense? And now you shook your head. So now back we're engaged. Whereas I might never have to validate you if we were in person because we would be talking directly to each other. But on video, you can guarantee that a buyer in their office is going to have their email open. They might have their chat window open. And then you're up here in this little corner and you have to fight with all the different things that they're looking at on their screen other than, other than you. And, and so, um, you know, distractions are a key thing. What's going on behind you? You know, we've seen that a lot in all these experts that they have on the news that they're now at home 
you see all like the, the crap behind him. I'm like, dude, did you look behind you to see what's in the view of the screen? Um, it's just, you know, there's all kinds of, of, of things. So what I've done is I, I taken my normal pitch um, class and then I added all the cool things for, for doing it for a video to create this uh, uh, course that you can probably go through in a day. But I think a lot of people are gonna start pitching via video. Like for instance, Canton Fair, it just got announced that April Canton Fair is happening virtually. Uh, ECRM is moved completely to an online virtual platform. Every single person that goes to ECRM is gonna have to pitch to a buyer just like we're doing right now on, so on a video platform. That's really interesting, Tim. I know probably our listeners aren't sure what ECRM is. So can we explain first what ECRM is? And then let's talk about these virtual trade shows now and, and how you might be, you need to be ready to pitch virtually. Yeah, so well, ECRM, Effective uh, EC, Effective Collaborative Retail Marketing, is a company that's been around 26 or so years. Their, their go-to thing over anybody else as a trade show company was that they put buyers and sellers together. So instead of going to a trade show where you watch people walk by and you're trying to get people to come into your booth, you could go to an ECRM event and literally have scheduled 30 to 45 face-to-face -face meetings with buyers over two and a half days, guaranteed. So you already know your schedule ahead of time. You and you're going to meet every 10 minutes or every 20 minutes with a buyer. That's what made their, their um, platform so enticing because uh, there it is, ecrmarketgate.com. Uh, so enticing, but what they didn't realize in the vulnerability and nobody could realize that a COVID-19 situation is one, to do an ECRM event, you have to travel there. Two, it's held in a hotel. And three, there's large groups. So a trifecta of shutdown has basically literally stopped what they're doing. But what did they do? Within weeks, they've ramped up an online uh, platform. And, and if you wanna know how retailers, if retailers are interested in still buying, they've had thousands of retailers already sign up to be part of these virtual pitch uh, ECRM, what we call, we used to call ECRM session. Now they're gonna be virtual sessions. And so they've already had thousands of buyers sign up to be part of this because they want to still see new products. And what about sellers? So does that, um, does that give, I know ECRM is kind of expensive to attend. So um, what does that mean for sellers? Can I, can I get into ECRM for a better price now? Can I, um, yeah. is there more opportunity for me? Yeah, well, I, I mean, first of all, I think ECRM could be considered a good outlay of money, but it's not expensive. So when you take, if you go to the houseware show or the pet expo, you know, you add up your, your flights and your hotel and your expenses and, your, and all your stuff at your booth, you're gonna get around the same price. But to answer your question, yes, virtual ECRM sessions are much less expensive because they, were able, they, they took the hotel out, they took the travel out, they took the, um, all, the food out, all these things. Um, and it just will be you sitting in your chair with your product talking to buyer after buyer after buyer after buyer. Um, all in one day in the comfort of your own home. They're going to be in the comfort of their own office. You'll have a moderator, which is a, a, a ECRM um, customer relationship, you know, uh, CSR, uh, um, helping moderate that. Um, it's, it is the, I've always thought it's the future of, uh, of, of big trade shows. Being able to access a buyer face to face uh, via video conference so that they can they can they don't have to spend a day traveling and 
a day traveling back and have all this out of pocket time, I think is, is going to be a, a new way that we're going to be talking and dealing with buyers. I think that retailers right now were the first to pull their buyers out of travel. Before, before there was even a travel issue, retailers pulled their buyers because they could not afford to have a whole buying team get down sick or, or anything like that. And so I think they will also be slow to let their buyers back out. Um, and so how do you get access to them? This is how. So I think it's really, really important for Amazon sellers, especially e-commerce sellers that are have brands that they're ready to expand into retail channels, either online or into brick and mortar. I think it's really important for them to understand the importance of being able to pitch because if you have a product, I mean, how important is that, Tim, to be able to communicate what is awesome about your product to a buyer? Um, and what do you see is, is the big thing that people struggle with when it comes to trying to go from where they were just online before kind of writing their own product listings or getting all of that hired out. And now they're trying to talk to a buyer. I think a lot of people stumble and, and what are those stumbling points? What are the important parts of pitching? Yeah. Well, I don't think that they know that they stumble. I think that in the end, a lot of times they think they crushed it and we saw it firsthand, you know, when we did the pitching uh, seminar and the pitch off uh, during the inspire conference, the first thing that people do when they try to pitch their product is they make it all about the product and all about them. This is my product. I developed it. Look what I did. This is all about me and my product. Pitching and selling is very rarely about you. And it's very rarely even about your product. It's always about the needs of the person you're pitching it to. So in a pitch, you have to take them into account. What do they want? What do they need? And how does my product fit into that? I can't just talk about how great my product is because maybe those things that are great about it don't help that buyer accomplish the things that they're trying to accomplish. And so I think one of the first things, one of the best things that you could do is get out of your own head and put yourself in the buyer's shoes uh, and say, what do they want? Well, they want margin. They want increased sales. They want uh, diversity. They want unique products with unique things that nobody else has. So when you're talking about your product, fit it into those parts of, of, of things, you know, fit it into uh, things that you know that they're going to be interested in. Don't, you know, uh, everybody wants to put in their buyer deck, which is a presentation that you present the buyer so they have an understanding of your product. They always want to put, oh, well, back in 2013, I, I had this thought when I was driving and, uh, you know, about this is a huge problem. And they write that in their deck. Well, buyers, they don't care about that. They want to know when your product started. Yeah, of course. Maybe they want to know a little bit about your story, but they really are self-serving, they have a job to do. And it's not about them being big brother and, and wanting to crush you. It's just, they're trying to do their job. Their job is to get the better, best product at the best price that will sell off their shelves and provide good uh, experiences for their customers. So let's try to give them that, show them how our product will do that. Um, and maybe that will tie to some of the cool things about your product, you know, I'm hopefully. I love that you're focused on what the customer needs are and how the product solves them because even on Amazon, that matters. Uh, I'm doing a listing optimization masterclass right now and that is what people are noticing immediate differences when they change their wording and they change their photos to focus on how their pro product meets the need. 
And it just really, it makes an immediate difference in their sales conversions when they're able to show that instead of like you said, like, who cares if it's stainless steel? Like, why, why is it good for the customer? Why, why would customers need this product? So that's, that's so awesome for people to focus on both online and when they're talking to buyers. So Tim, how is everything going with you lately with business? I know a lot of us are trying to stay motivated. And on this podcast, we always ask our guests how they stay motivated, what kind of books they're reading, what kind of podcasts they're listening to. What about you in this time, Tim? Um, what are you listening to? What are you reading? What are you doing in your business to stay motivated? Well, honestly, um, my business hasn't slowed down at all. Um, so uh, I don't have to do much to motivate myself because I'm super busy. Uh, I have had the opportunity, though, in what I call this pause to um, uh, to read a couple things. Right now, what I'm reading is I can't think of the title, but I'll tell you. Hold on one second. It's um, uh, I know we have all kinds of times for me to look up stuff on my iPad, right? Um <laughs> It's called Getting, uh, Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. And uh, um, so I read a chapter of that every day. Um, I have a little bit of time in the morning uh, to uh, get a devotion in if I want to. Um, uh, you know, we've been, um, my wife and I have been walking together. Normally I walk by myself, but we've been getting out walking together. And I see a ton of people out walking, um, which is good to see. People need to get out. And so they're walking. That's been helping a lot. But um, you know, a big focus of my business recently has been coaching. And so uh, I've had more coaching than, than ever before. And people are responding well to that. That motivates me. Helping people solve problems is motivating me. Uh, I've been literally for the last week struggling to launch this pricing class. And uh, every time we think we got it launched, there's like some, well, how, how does, how do they do this? Or how do they do that? And, and it's so finally, I feel like we just birthed it um, and then recording the other how to pitch via video conference has been a big focus uh, of mine uh, for two reasons. One, it, it allows me to add to people, but I want to be able to, you know, what motivates me is giving people things that I know that will help them in the way things are going to be in, in the future. Uh, and so, um, you know, things I think have been going good. I'm positive about, you know, of course I'm devastated. Every day we talk about the death toll of people like it's now just a number and it's either going up or it's going down and it's either a percentage is changing. Or, and so I do try to pause every day and realize that those are real people losing their lives and, and it's devastating. But I think what would be even more devastating if we're not learning anything, we're not changing in any way based on how this is, is, is happening. So I try to re remain perspective. I try to talk face to face with people now instead of just over the phone. Let's get on FaceTime. Let's, uh, let's get on zoom. We had a full family zoom meeting on my wife's side of the family, 42 people. Um, I finally had to mute everybody. I muted the whole group. And then I just interviewed family members one at a time because they're all Greek. It's the only way to get, you know, <laughs> uh, otherwise it was just like, ah, people just yell. It's like my great big fat Greek wedding on zoom. It was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. So um, I muted everybody and then I would just unmute one person. Hey, tell me what's going on. And, and that's how we had to roll it out. It really wasn't like a family meeting. I felt like I did 40 interviews. I think a lot of us are really enjoying Zoom um, for different reasons. I know Chanel, just my daughter Chanel, just had her 13th birthday the other day. And obviously during COVID, you can't really have people over, but we did a Zoom thing. And it was cool because family members that 
normally that we wouldn't invite to a birthday party because they live, you know, across the country and wouldn't be able to come anyway. They were there on the Zoom. And yeah. so, you know, it was really cool. And it kind of brought to our attention, like, hey, there's ways to connect with people that we normally don't get a chance to connect with. Uh, and you kind of reserve that time to like actually go there. But uh, yeah, we're kind of learning through Zoom too that there are definitely some benefits. So that my daughter really liked it. She's like, wow, I, I just really liked the, the Zoom birthday party. So it was Well, to Andy's cool. point. Yeah, to Andy's point, I think things are changing. I think there's things that people will never go back to doing the same way. And we should mention too that, you know, I think I've talked to a lot of people that are, oh, I don't know if I want to go on a Zoom call because I hear it's insecure. There's all kinds of ways to secure your Zoom calls, create a password, allow admit people one at a time. Um, uh, I think they made this big mountain out of a fact that some people publish their Zoom IDs in social. And so it allowed people just to jump on their calls. But in reality, when you get on a Zoom call with me, I have to admit you, if you're not on my list and you have to know the password, and I change that every week. So, you know, even if you got my Zoom information last week, that password would be different this week. And so you wouldn't be able. So feel comfortable, people, using Zoom, getting on Zoom. Um, it's it's still a great platform. It's the only one I know that can accommodate as many people as as, as you want and, and still be pretty stable. So Tim, the good analogy to that is like a couple of years ago, Chipotle had that big food scare, right? And like a week or two after my, my wife was going to Chipotle and, uh, and we're like, yeah, we're totally going to go to Chipotle. Now's the time to go because they just had that scare. They're, they're, they're going to have the cleanest, best food on the planet, right? Because they're right. under a microscope and it's the same thing with Zoom. I don't know if you noticed, but the, the interface and, and the encryption, like they've rolled out so, like in the last few weeks, they've just been fast and furious rolling out all this, these updates and, and things like that. And um, yeah, it's still, to me, it's a go-to to tool. And honestly, I mean, what are you sharing on Zoom that, you know, I guess if you're, a, if you're doing a, a business to business, you know, private meeting, uh, but the, then your link isn't shared. So nobody should be able to, to get that. I mean, they could probably brute force it if they wanted to, but yeah, that's a whole nother can of worms, but I agree with you completely. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is we were talking um, books before. So last night when I was shipping till midnight, I had my uh, Audible on, which I love to do, you know, when I, I'm doing something that I, I have to, <laughs> that, I, that I don't necessarily enjoy thoroughly, even though I actually kind of like shipping. It's like, uh, you know, for somebody who works on his computer all day, it's kind of like building a house, right? It's like working with my hands. So it's kind of fun. Um, but Last night when I was shipping, I was listening to a book called Unfuck Yourself. Pardon the French, but that's what it's called. <laughs> Get out of your head and into your life. Um, it's by uh, Gary John Bishop. And if, if uh, nobody's, or if you haven't uh, heard about it or, or uh, you know, check it out, it, it's really good. It's all about getting out of your head, you know, the little voice in your head that tells you you can't do things. And, you know, it, it makes yourself wrong for all these different things. And um, Tim, you mentioned one of your clients, you know, breaking through a bunch of roadblocks, you know, that's a lot of the premise of the book. It's just steadfastness and just keeping with, you know, you're always going to have these issues that come up and it's just a frame of mind, whether you're going to push through them and, and, um, you know, get, get to the next level, or if you're just going to give up. So it's, it's a highly, uh, highly recommended. Uh, and the, the, the guy who's, uh, who does it, the author is Scottish and he does his own uh, voice, which is awesome. I love when authors right. do that. So a little hard understand to understand, it? but I, I'm, I'm, you know, I have roots, uh, Scottish roots. So I always like listening and, and, you know, seeing Scottish stuff, but, uh, it was a little hard to, to, to understand at some point, but it was, it, it's an awesome book. So just wanted to throw that in there. 
I think uh, I think uh, fuck is the new sex word. When I worked at Barnes and Noble, you could put the word sex on any book and it would sell, no matter what you were trying to mean that. And so, yeah, uh, fuck is the new sex on it's books. The, it's like, to... yeah, Gary V. We can we can thank Gary V for that one, right? He normalized <laughs> right. it. Yeah, I hear more kids running around, you know, dropping the f bomb these days. So, unfortunately, I think it's just a, <laughs> the nature of the beast. Yep. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Tim. Anything else you wanted to mention before we go? Uh, you, you know, I think you kind of mentioned, you know, where people can find you, um, you, the podcast, things like that. Let people know where where they can reach out and get a hold of you. Yeah. So TLBConsulting.com has everything. You can reach my podcast there. You can reach all my courses under the courses tab there. You can reach out to me. You can book a coaching call. Everything happens on TLBConsulting.com. The podcast is also available on. I don't know, any, any platform that you would, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple, whatever, uh, it, all the, all the different platforms. Um, but, uh, um, I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate the ability to talk about, about these things. I know people are a little unsettled and wondering what's going to happen. Um, I don't think anybody really has a crystal ball, but I do talk to retailers every day. They're all still pretty optimistic about coming out of this in good shape. And, uh, and they, they want to see your products. They want to see what people have out there. Everything's going to be all right, people. Just uh, have a good attitude. <laughs> Create it in your mind. You Use definitely that. gave us some some great things to think about today, Tim, and some some interesting new ways to think about communicating with retailers and pitching them and growing. So, and it seems like you got some pretty good things going on. Uh, so we'll definitely yeah. get over to TLBConsulting.com and check them out. Awesome. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Always uh, Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. If you haven't yet, please uh, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff uh, on, on iTunes and all the platforms that we're on. We really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.